pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I pledge you may be seated. Sister Terry just played Taps for us. Song that many of us have heard, and every time I hear it, whether it's someone I know or not, I weep. It's a, a song that tugs at our hearts because we know that its meaning is to someone who has fallen to give us our freedom and our liberty. So we want to honor those men and women today who have selflessly given all that they could give that we can sit here today and worship our God. Amen. That's not the only reason they did that. We have many freedoms, but that is the one that means the most to us all. And as I was looking at TAPS the other day, I, I, I had a thing on my Facebook page that I found out was a total fabrication that told how it came about. And so I began to research it just a little bit, and I found out that TAPS came as a result of a, a, in the Civil War, when the enemy was close together and they were trying to bury their troops that had been killed. And they, they, they usually the way they did it was by a rifle fire or cannon fire to honor a fallen soldier. But the enemy was so close that they decided that they didn't want to give away their, uh, their, where they were by gunfire or cannon fire. And so the commander told them to play this music as they buried their fallen soldiers. It was one familiar to the troops. It's one that they had heard every day when they were assembled together. And it was first called Lights Out. And from the day that this man used this, it became a symbol of our fallen military people. It, took, it, it came on and stayed on, and we still use it today. How many of you know that it has verses to this song. It's got four, but I'm only gonna sing you three today. So I'm gonna sing you this song, a cappello, and listen to these words. Day is done, gone the sun, from the lakes, from the hills, from the sky. All is well, safely rest, God is nigh. Fading light dims the sight, and the star gems the sky gleaming bright. From afar, drawing nigh, falls the night. Thanks and praise for our days neath the sun, neath the stars, neath the sky.
As we go, this we know, God is nigh. Amen. Father God, to all those that are here who has lost someone dear to them, in war, who have given their lives a sacrifice for their nation. We salute them now. We thank you, Father, not only for the sacrifice that their loved ones gave, but the sacrifice that they themselves gave by having members of the family that did that for the mourning that they experience, for the memories that they have, that they are so proud of those that gave themselves selflessly for this cause. And Lord, we thank you that you have given us a nation that from the beginning was bound upon Christian principles and principles of God. And Lord, we lift up our nation because as many as have given their lives for this freedom and this liberty that we have, we see a darkness overcoming and beginning to prevail. So Lord, we pray for this nation. We pray, God, that those who have died to give us this great liberty and this great freedom have not died in vain, that these freedoms and these liberties be taken from us. And Lord, we know that it's not gonna come through man, it's not gonna come through laws, it's not gonna come through politicians at all. It's gonna come from you. So Lord, we pray today that you heal our land. You would heal our nation. That you would heal our hearts, our souls. God, that you would heal your people that you would heal the saved of the earth who have been turning right left and not looking forward to you. That you would heal your church. That God, you would manifest yourself to us all. And that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, God. Yes, precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. You would give us the power to keep our eyes focused on you and you alone. God, once again, thank you for our wonderful, beautiful men and women who honorably serve this nation with a uniform. Thank you for every one of them, Father. Watch over them and keep them. But God, let us never forget the great sacrifice that many have paid to give us what we have.
Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving us those people. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving us your church. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving us yourself. And providing salvation for all of those who will come unto thee. Believing on you. Bless the remainder of the service, our God. May it all be for your honor, for your glory, <coughs> for your praise. And let us rejoice at not having to hide to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you have done. For us, for us all. If you have your Bibles, would you please turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians? Book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 3. Be reading from verses 1 through 17. We're going to be talking today on the subject. subject is that we are laborers of love. We are called by our Father into a relationship with, our, with His Son who died for us all. We just heard that beautiful song. We are filled with His Spirit and we are empowered to live for Him. We are required to live in obedience to Him. We are His children and we are His church. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even unto babes, as even unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. For you are carnal, whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions are you not carnal as you walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Amen. So then neither is he that planteth anything, nor he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Amen. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. 
according to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. And let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For our foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. And if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile this temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Father God, thank you for your word. Preach to us, Lord. Speak to us, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Help us to hear. Help us to receive. Help us to change. Help us to obey. And help us to follow you and you alone. And labor together as one body for the cause of Jesus Christ the most important work that we have. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We all who are saved, who are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, who are called by His name, we are all fellow laborers together. Amen. With God. We don't get to do it on our own. We don't get to pick and choose. We're fellow laborers with God. Paul tells the Corinthians that he could not speak to them as spiritual, but as carnal. He don't tell them they're, they're lost. He just tells them you can't understand yet what I need for you to know. So I'm only having to speak to you as a little child. Why? Because they are carnal. I used to make the remark that there's no such thing as carnal Christians. Paul just proved me wrong. Amen? Paul just proved me wrong. He said that you are carnal. But he didn't tell them they were lost. That's because we're not judges over them. Neither was Paul. He couldn't speak to them as spiritual. He does not tell them that they're lost, that they're just babes in Christ. 
And they can only handle spiritual milk and not meat. There is a milk of the word. There is a meat of the word. There is a word that's easy for us to swallow and digest. There's a word that's very, very difficult to swallow and digest. Amen. It's bitter and it is sweet. Amen. And he tells them he can't give them spiritual meat because they cannot bear the spiritual meat. We have to be careful sometimes. And I know as a preacher, I try to preach strongly sometimes. We have to be careful because there are weaker Christians out there that Paul calls babes that can't handle that. So I apologize to anyone that I've ever insulted that way and didn't realize that you weren't where you needed to be spiritually. So our work in the church is to make sure we all get on a spiritual level where we can eat the meat of God. Amen? Amen. He says y'all are still carnal. You can't bear it. Now, God understands our carnality. He was a man too, by the way. He became a man for us. So He could understand us better. So He could understand what we feel, how we feel, anger, lust, all of this stuff. He felt it for us. And that's why He can be reached by our infirmities the way He can. Because He does know how we feel. Amen? And he says, and so God understands that you can still be carnal. But listen to me. He don't understand why you would remain carnal. Amen. Because just as a baby graduates from drinking milk to eating off the table, we have to graduate spiritually from sucking a bottle to eat steak. Amen? Amen. You can't remain on the bottle. How many of you ever seen a 50 or 60 year old man walking around with a baby bottle stuck in his mouth sucking on it? And when it went dry, he cried. Do we serve God that way? So what made Paul say this? I can't talk to you with the meat of the Spirit. What made him say that? Look in verse 3. What he says. For you are carnal. And look at this. How did he know they're carnal? Look at the, what he gives. The reason he knew this. Because they were envying one another. There was strife amongst them. And they were divided. A lot of people in this room came from other churches where they experienced these very divisions. Where they experienced the strife, the envy, 
the arguments, the hatred. We have an opportunity here not to ever be that church. Amen. Amen. You know who it's up to? You know, I was telling somebody the other day, I was thinking back. I know the Bible tells us when you take old flour, don't look back. I can't help that. I look back when we only had 85. We could only seat 85 in there. Where you see the end of the pews was the wall, and the bathroom were behind it. We didn't have no money. <coughs> we didn't have nothing. But there's one thing we have. The Spirit of God Amen. was filling this place slam up. The glory of God was on display in that little room. And it was filled. And it was growing. And people were singing and praising and laughing and wondering what have we gotten into? We've never seen nothing like this. Why? Because our Savior was in full, complete, 100% control of His church. Amen. And His people were yielded to Him and was loving what they saw. Amen. Mm. Hmm. Envy, strife, Division. And then he adds, you are carnal. And you are walking like men. Not in the spirit and not in the light. You're walking like men. He's not making an excuse for them, is he? He's telling them the truth, isn't he? When a church begins to act this way, it is a total distraction from the real work of God. Amen. I'm going to explain to you what the real work of God. Terry sung a song to us a while ago about what God did for us. And not only what He did for us, but why He did it for us. We need to remember that every day. Amen. So that we can be saved. Are we the only ones that need salvation? So what is the real kingdom work of God? To see people get saved. And we see in this writing another thing that God requires us to do. Does anybody know what that is? It's called discipleship. Training up a new Christian to get them from milk to meat. That is the work and the order of God in His church. It is what He has called us all to do. Not to fight. Not to have strife. Not to be jealous. Not to envy. We need to get that trash out of the way. And we need to get our mind focused on the Holy Ghost. We need to get our mind focused on lost people. 
We need to get our mind focused on training up our, our new converts and the people who are still on milk and getting them on the meat. We need to focus on the kingdom work of God. And if we'll do that, Amen. you'll see this room experience what the little room did. Amen. Hmm. The work of God. Reconciliation. Salvation of lost people. And discipleship of the saved so they'll know who He is and what He requires from all of us. <laughs> now, He tells us what they're arguing about. As you read this and you look at what they're arguing about, you know what my thought was when I was reading it? How pathetic. They were arguing over which of the Christians, some were saved under Paul, some were saved under Apollos, who had the best Christianity. Sounds preposterous, doesn't it? Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? If we were to write down the things that annoy us, that make us mad, that we want to argue about, and, and wrote somebody's name on it and an address, put a stamp on it, and sent it to somebody that didn't even know us, you know what they'd think? This is one dumb individual. What are they mad about? Is this it? We all know of churches that have been destroyed. Over nothing. So Paul finds out that their argument is over whether Paul is greater than Apollos or Apollos is greater than Paul. Paul can't believe it. Amen? <laughs> Paul wanted them to know something. Paul wanted them to know that he and Apollos were one in Jesus Christ. Amen. God hadn't called us to be divided. He's called us to be united. He's called us to be one. In Him and with Him. And this is what Paul tells them. That, they, that this is what it's about. Paul wanted them to know that he and Apollos were one in Christ Jesus. Their purpose was the same. To one end. The glory of God. And all they were to do was to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what they both did. Paul was a missionary who had encountered Jesus Apollos was a, a man who they just found that knew the scripture like nobody had ever thought and he was a great teacher. He came to the same church after Paul had left and he began to disciple that church. And they fought over which one of them was the best guy. And Paul wanted them to know that we are one. We have the same purpose. 
we have the same goal, and that is to present the gospel of Jesus Christ in all truth. And there's something else you need to know. God himself gives the increase. Not Paul, not Apollos, certainly not me, God. God gets the glory. No man can save. Only the Lord Jesus Christ can do that. And God Himself designated to us. You see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. That's right across the page in my Bible. That the Lord Himself said He was going to do it a certain way. How? By the foolishness of preaching. His plan. Amen? Listen to it. For after that is the wisdom of God. The world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. You know why I'm up here preaching now? Because it's ordained of God. This is God's way. But people who don't think they've got to go to church, it ain't their, his, their way. They don't need to listen to the preacher. That's why when they say they've been a Christian for 50 years, they can only suck milk. They can't eat the meat. They don't know. They've lived their way, their life the way they want to. They have been carnal. And they can't live the way God wants them to live. Are they getting punished for it? You better believe they'll get punished for it in this life. And not only in this life, but there's a reckoning in the life to come. We're going to get to that here in just a minute. I, I got to move on. Paul goes on to say we are laborers together in God. We are His building. Now listen to me. This is not the church. What we're seeing right here. <coughs> this ain't even the building. As ugly as it is, this is it. <laughs> and God chose it. Thank you. Didn't he? Yes. When you go home today, go up to that mirror and look at it and say, God, thank you for choosing this building to live in. Amen. We've lost sight of it. We've lost sight of what Jesus has done for us, who He is, where He dwells, what He wants us to do. Because we've become so carnal, so worldly in our thinking. That we've lost sight of the real purpose and plan of God. And we're stuck on milk. We can't grow. We are the temple of God. Read verse 9. I have planted, and I'm sorry, I'm on the wrong verse. For we are laborers together with God. You are His husbandry. You are God's building. That's where this comes from. We must never neglect the house, not this house, this house in favor of the one that we're sitting in. Amen? Amen. 
I'm reading this straight out of the Bible. This ain't me. It's to me. Because I'm going to confess to you. I've already confessed it to God. I have caused, I have caused myself strife, envy, anger, arguments. God forgive me. And you forgive me. I'm not called for that. Neither are you. We've got to admit that to God. We've got to be bold. That's what boldness is. Boldness is not arrogance. Boldness is humility totally and completely to God. And not caring what anybody else thinks. You're going to stay obedient to Him regardless of what it is. That's where the boldness comes from. Amen. Not arrogance. Not judgmental. Boldness is yourself. Putting yourself under the great and mighty hand of God and doing the will of the Lord despite what everybody's trying to get you to do. Amen? Makes sense, don't it? I got to move on. And so this is what he says. We must never neglect this house in favor of the one that we're standing in. And the building, the body, which is God's house, the body, in verse 10, look at what he says. Let every man take heed how he builds here. The foundation is laid in you, which is Christ Jesus. Now how you build yourself up on that foundation matters to God. you believe that? You better believe it because I'm preaching it straight out of the Word. It matters to God. Why does it matter so much to God? The foundation is not stone and mortar and concrete and marble. It is Jesus Christ. Now remember that the work that glorifies Him will never divide us. Amen. Everybody just say Amen. Amen. Listen to me. Let me say that again. The work that glorifies Jesus Christ will never divide His church. Amen. If the church gets divided over the work of the church, it's not God. Amen. It's someone else and something else. Amen? Amen? Satan loves to divide, conquer, and destroy. Yes. Jesus said, a house divided against itself will not stand. We don't need to fall for that trap. So, why is it important that the work we do is for God's glory? I'm going to tell you. <laughs> because every man's work shall be manifest. Amen? This is in verse 13. Every man individually Your work, my work, is going to be manifest. You know what that means? It's going to be seen and made known. Uh-oh. <laughs> when? 
in that day. Well, when is that? You say. <laughs> wow. It's the day that God judges our works. Because, see, I can't look at you and tell. You can't look at me and tell. But God can. Amen. Amen. Hmm. We're going to be at a place, and you know what it's called in the Bible? It's got a name. You know where that's going to take place? I hope y'all are listening to this. This is very important stuff. It's going to take place at a thing called the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. All of our works, all of our deeds, everything that we've ever done is going to be made known right in front of Him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Listen to this scripture. And this ought to help us to think. Listen to this. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Why? That everyone may receive the things done in his body, temple, the dwelling place of Christ, according to that he hath done, now listen to this, whether it be good or bad. Does that, does that do anything to you? Why am I living this life? Why do I need to go to church? Why do I need to act right? Why do I need to follow Jesus? Why do I, for this day? Why do I got to do good things? I'm not saved by works. No, you're saved to do good works. And these works that you say you don't need are going to show up over there. And if you don't have any, nothing's going to show up over there. Uh-oh. It's going to be terrible to get in front of him and there ain't nothing but a blank screen playing behind him. And he says on this day, on this day, shall de declare because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abideth which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Now we're talking about a reward in heaven. I've already told us that we've not lost our salvation. Amen. We're going to be scrutinized. When we get to heaven and stand before Jesus Christ, Revelation tells us the books are going to be open. Malachi 3.16 tells us about a book. I think I've shared this with y'all before. I'm going to read it again. Malachi 3.16. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. Now listen to this. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon His name. There's going to be many books open in heaven. 
One of them is going to be a book of remembrance. One of them is going to be the book of life. The other one's going to be the Holy Bible. And we're going to be judged out of a little book. If your name's not in the book of life, you ain't going nowhere. You're going to be judged according to this word. The book of remembrance is going to display all your works that God already knows. And you ain't going to be able to lie to him. You can't. He don't listen to lies. You wouldn't be able to tell him a lie if you tried. Amen? Amen. <laughs> it shall be revealed by fire and of what sort of work it is will be revealed. Now after this intense scrutiny by God, He knows our hearts, He knows the intent of our work. If any of this was for His glory, kingdom work, that person's going to receive a reward. But any work that you call yourself doing for Him that causes disruption, disunity, arguments, fighting, strife, ain't going to make it. It's going to burn Hmm. Boy, it is quiet in here. If any man's work shall be burned, in verse 15, he shall, he shall suffer loss. Now we're talking about in heaven. You're going to lose it in heaven. You're going to lose the rewards in heaven because you didn't work here. And a lot of people, you know what the attitude of a lot of people are? I don't care. I want to do what I want to do here. And I'll go to heaven and don't get no rewards just as long as I'm there. I've heard people even say, I might have smoke on me when I get there. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. People who believe that, do you really think they know Christ? You really think they're filled with the Spirit of God? I don't get to judge them. He will. And I got a feeling if you feel that way, you're not going to be at the judgment seat of Christ, but you will be at the great white throne judgment. And you'll get a chance to argue there. Now let's, let's, let me close. Verses 16 and 17. Let me go ahead and finish 15. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. Now look at this. But he himself shall be saved. Yet so is by fire. That's where people get this. That they can get to heaven without ever doing any works. Know ye not that you and me are the temple of God. And that God's Spirit lives in you. If you're saved. Are you doing things to bring that Spirit shame? Are you living a continuous lifestyle of sin? Claiming that God lives in you? It don't fit with Scripture. Don't believe a lie and be damned. Believe the truth and be saved. Yeah. That old person that believes that's got to go. 
got to die. There's got to be a new person shows up filled with the Spirit of God, desiring to please God, live for God, obey God, work for God. That's scriptural. And he says, you are this temple. Now look at this. Now you say, well, Brother Gary, you ain't got the right to say that. Well, Paul said it. Verse 17. I'm fixing clothes. Know that if any man defile the temple of God. Now we've already clarified what is the temple of God? Your body. Amen? Amen. If any man defile the temple of God, look at this, him shall God destroy. Now if you are genuinely saved, yet you continually defile the, the temple of God, He don't tell you you're going to hell. He said, I'm going to destroy you. You know what that means? You're fixing to die a horrible, miserable death. Your life is never going to be right. You may live a number of years, but you're going to live in squalor. You're never going to be happy. You'll never know joy. Because you are defiling the temple that you claim He dwells in. And he said, I will destroy that. Why? For the temple of God is holy. And listen to this. He adds something to that. Which temple you are. I hope y'all are underlining these things in your Bible. How many of you want to go to heaven? How many of you want to hear Jesus say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come enter into my rest. How many of you want to hear that? This is not a game. We are preparing for eternity here. And the Bible lays out what we must do to prepare for that day. That day. When we stand before Him, just you and Him, no one else, and your works are judged by His fire. God help us to be ready. Listen to me. We already know there's going to be a great group there who thinks they're going to go. But dang, they're not going to get in because they don't know him. Yeah. Well, let me rephrase that. They know him. He don't know you. And what it takes for him to know you is for him to dwell in the temple Amen. that he has for you. Amen. So you can say it all you want to. But when you get in front of him, he's going to know whether he's been in there or not. And the way you lived your life is going to demonstrate whether he lived there or not. 
we must be holy. We're just standing. These altars are open for prayer. I pray, boy, what a great time to give your life and your heart completely to Jesus Christ. If you're not saved, come on down here and let's get you saved. Let's, let's believe on Him together. If you need to repent, come on down here and pour your heart out to a holy God and say, Lord, I hadn't been what I needed to be. Would you wash me in your blood? Would you cleanse me? Would you show me? Would you let me feel your spirit again? Would you let me know you're there? He will. Would you do that? Don't hold back. This is what God requires from us. This is His invitation. Not mine. For you to come. Bring your burdens. Bring your doubts. Bring all your filth. Bring your unholiness. Bring your uncleanness. Bring your sin. And lay it at His feet. And say, Lord, I've lived in this squalor so long. I don't know how to live anymore. I've seen trapped in my sin. That's a devil's lie. And He will do something for you. He will take you in His arms because He loves you so much. And He will set you free from that sin that has you bound. Would you be willing to do that today? Calling on the name of Jesus at the Lord's altar. Praying, seeking, finding. Giving yourself to Him. It's what it takes. He gave Himself for you already. That, that, that's not even up for debate. But are you willing to give yourself to Him? Are you willing? Are you willing to set that pride aside? Are you willing? And come to Him. Be one with Him. He'll make us all one together. And we'll work with Him for the glory of His kingdom that is coming. That's why Jesus prayed, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Right here. Just like it is there. That's what we have a chance to do right here today. Would you come? This invitation's almost over. I know dinner's real warm in there. But this is more important than food. Is he's talking to you. Still folks at the altar. Should there be more?
Man, y'all don't believe a preacher preached to himself. You ought to be me. The last two weeks, the Lord's word has been to me. And I don't think it's just to me. Sunday singing, it's when the preacher gets real long-winded and you got to smell that food back there. That's a torment. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. But this was important stuff. Needed to be heard. Needs to be dealt with. God's not through. I, I want to see this church. I want to see it. I want to see it following Jesus Christ. I want people to feel the Spirit of God when they walk in this place. I want everybody to be... You know what? We need to quit talking bad about the church and the people in the church and start praising the Lord of the church. Amen. That's what used to go on here. Amen. 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 We don't need to be talking about one another. We ain't nobody. He is. Amen. We need to be praising Him. Glorifying Him. Honoring Him. Receiving Him. And following Him. Amen. That's who we are. That's what we are called to do. And it's time that we did just that. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you. Uh, the, the, as soon as uh, the dismissal prayer is done, go right through that door. There's food waiting. Go in there and eat all you want to. Seconds, thirds, fourths, fifths. Get your doggy bag. Take some wheat. We'll be all right. We're going to eat till it's gone. Or you just had all you want. And then we're going to gather back in here. And Rick, Ricky's going to sing to us. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I don't think. He might. He's thrown in here before. God bless you all. Thank you for being here today. And and don't forget, the food back there, come on in and eat. Whether you brought anything or not, we don't care. Come on, we're going to love on you, hug on you, feed you. I mean, where can you go get a free meal on Sunday? Amen. God bless you all. Amen. Brother uh, Steve, would you dismiss us, please? Yes. Well, thank you, Holy God, for walking in the midst of us with your word today. Thank you for touching us, squeezing our heart with the truth. We pray now, Lord, that you would take and use us and lay your hand upon each individual here. The prayers that have been lifted up, that you'll work them out, that you'll send us out there into the world to do your work. We pray the light will shine in us brightly that others can see. There is a way, and it's a man. It's you, Lord. Thank you for the word today. Thank you so much for what you're doing in the midst of your people. We pray that you bless the food today. The hands prepared it, and those that receive it, it will be a blessing to their bodies and spiritual holiness. But they'll also be healed from top to bottom. Father, we thank you again that we lift you up as high as we can in this place that you can be glorified and magnified. The God of glory, the Savior of the world, the Redeemer that has come. Touch us in a, only the way that you can. 
as you walk amongst your people. We pray your hand to be upon the church even outside of this building. That temple that our pastors talked about that is, goes around the world. We lift it all up in the name of the precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.